Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the New Classical FM. The most important aspect of a great film score is really that it becomes a character within the movie itself. That's conductor Sarah Hicks talking about leading a live performance of Disney Pixar's Ratatouille with the TSO. You'll hear more from her later in the show. But first, TSO composer-advisor Gary Kulesha is on faculty at the University of Toronto, where he teaches composition and performance. This week, the National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine performs at Roy Thompson Hall. They bring music by the relatively unknown Ukrainian composer Yevhen Stankovich. Gary joins me now to tell us about him. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you. So who is Yevhen Stankovich? Uh, Yevhen Stankovich is probably the leading Ukrainian composer of his generation. He's now in his 70s. He's been a fixture on the musical scene there for quite some time. He's been a very influential composer as well as teacher. His music has been much celebrated there. He's not that well-known in North America. But he is a very successful composer in Europe in general. He's won several awards, several prizes. He is a kind of old-school composer. He comes from the old Soviet system of training. So he's, a, you know, he's got that tradition in his background. But he's actually a very inventive and very interesting uh, composer with a very, very personal voice. Mm-hmm. What sets his music apart? What makes it so outstanding? Well, I think in general, w- when you start to look at Europe and the musical styles of Europe, it's, it's relatively easy to, to, to identify French styles and German styles and r- even Russian styles. Ukrainian styles are somewhat different. His music is uniquely Ukrainian in that it is very Slavic, clearly very Slavic. But at the same time, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it doesn't have that Russian kind of uh, discursiveness to it. It's much more atmospheric, much more moody. Uh, there's a great deal of passion in it. There's a great deal of color in it. But it's not really built on the sort of traditional models that we might expect from a violin concerto, for example. Okay. And violin concerto is uh, on the program that the National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine will be performing. What should people listen for in that concerto? Well, actually, it's a very passionate concerto. The The soloist is amazing. Dima Tchenko is a, an unbelievable player. The concerto itself is a very, it's like a soliloquy. It really sets the violin against the orchestra like a solo voice. There's an innate drama to this piece, which I think is quite theatrical in some ways. The music is quite, I would have to say, quite uh, moody, quite dark. It's a very, very sort of introspective piece. It has a kind of continuous flow, uh, which kind of sweeps you along with it. But it is definitely a darker work, much darker than the first piece on the program. It has one of the most incredibly beautiful endings with this. I don't want to spoil it, but the ending of the violin concerto is really quite quite touching, quite dramatic. There's this little hymn tune that appears and and this the solo violin kind of wafts over it. It's a very, very beautiful ending. Now, he wrote a ballet called The Night Before Christmas. I understand the plot, though, is quite different from oh, yes. what we know in North America. Oh, yes. Uh, it's it's actually almost funny to... to uh, you know, to talk about this piece because our expectations are of the famous poem, of course, The Night Before Christmas. This particular piece, is a, this is a suite taken from a ballet that's actually based upon a story by Gogol. But his concept of The Night Before Christmas is actually a lot more like our Halloween than it is The Night Before Christmas. Apparently, in The Night Before Christmas, the devil is free to walk the earth. And that's what this oh. ballet is about. It's not about Christmas the way we understand no, it. No Santa Claus and no all that. No Santa Claus in this one. Nobody Something more like a Tim chimney. Burton movie, maybe. It is, very much like a Tim Burton movie. 
the devil walk goes abroad and he torments this poor villager and there's a of course there's a very happy resolution to it all but it's really an incredibly different take on the night before christmas also on the program is Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony, his most popular mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess, enduring. Why do you think that is? This is a really amazing piece. Interestingly enough, you know, the, the title in Russian doesn't mean pathetic. It means passionate. And it was actually mistranslated into French as pathetic. But that has kind of stuck to it because, of course, the circumstances of, of its composition. It was premiered by Tchaikovsky, con- with Tchaikovsky conducting just nine days, I think nine days before he, he passed away. And there's m- been much speculation over the years about whether or not he killed himself. You know, I mean, there's a whole, f- there's a, a backstory to all of this that goes with it. But, I mean, that that kind of obscures the fact that really most of the symphony is really upbeat, very, there's a, a, an amazing scherzo in this symphony that's one of the most upbeat things he ever wrote. It's a really astoundingly beautiful symphony in every way, not just because of its dark ending. It has some of his finest music, some of his finest melodies. When you look at the history of music, Tchaikovsky has to be one of the greatest melodists ever. And that's really obvious in this piece. Well, it sounds like an amazingly full program, and uh, I encourage all our listeners to go and listen to the National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine on Monday. Thank you so much, Gary, for coming in and telling us about it. Thank you. That was TSO composer advisor Gary Kulesha. Catch the National Symphony Orchestra of Ukraine performing two pieces by Stankovich on February 13th. You're listening to the TSO Podcast. Stay with us. Conductor Sarah Hicks leads the TSO this Saturday for a performance of Michael Giacchino's score to Disney Pixar's Ratatouille. Hicks is the principal conductor of Live at Orchestra Hall with the Minnesota Orchestra. She's currently staff conductor at the Curtis Institute. Sarah Hicks joins me on the line now. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So what sets film music apart from other classical music? Or can we even unravel that question, do we put film music in the category of classical music if we want to open up that can of worms? <laughs> That's a huge can of worms. Um, I mean, film music is really an art unto itself. It's called classical in the sense because it, it makes full use of the symphony orchestra, but film music really is, I think, an entity unto itself. It needs to be descriptive. It needs to follow action. It needs to show characters. It needs to be uh, another character within the movie itself. So I think it's a it's a very special uh, type of music. And to say if it's classical or not, and I, that's sort of difficult to say, but it is orchestral. Um, and I think that's the important part. Very good point. Uh, what makes a film score a truly great musical work? Well, for me... Memorable tunes and great orchestration are, you know, necessary, but the most important aspect of a great film score is really that it becomes a character within the movie itself. If it were removed from the track, the images themselves wouldn't pack the same emotional punch. Um, And so the music becomes an integral part of the film and, and plays an amazing part. So for me, when you can hear a piece of film music and know exactly what it's talking about, what it's describing, then it becomes a great score. What are your thoughts on how subliminal the score should be or how aw- consciously aware we should be of the music? Well, when I'm actually conducting these shows, I'm so incredibly aware of the music that I can't think of it as subliminal. <laughs> um, but, I mean, sometimes it really is in the background. It's, it's 
providing a soundscape. Sometimes it becomes front and center, and there's a reason for that. I'm, I'm thinking of, of chase scenes where the music really does hype up the excitement. Um, so I think it needs to be present, but not so much that it's hitting you in the face. And again, it's not separate from what's happening. You don't notice it as, oh, music is happening, and oh, there's a film but more that it's so closely integrated that you don't notice the difference, really, and that it becomes a part of the experience. Now, you're going to be conducting the score to Ratatouille. Yes. What, tell us about this score. Uh, it's a fantastic score by a great film composer, Michael Giacchino, and it sort of has wonderful French charm. It's got an accordion in it. It has a jazz combo in it. And to me, it really sort of captures the soundscape of... Paris and, uh, you know, just the scurrying of rats and a sense of romance as well. And uh, it's one of my favorite scores. Michael's a great film composer. I've done a lot of his movies, including Star Trek. He just scored the recent Star Wars movie, Rogue One. So he right, yeah. uh, really knows how to, how to work a, an orchestra and a film together. And what's different about conducting an orchestra on its own versus while a movie is being screened simultaneously? Conducting a film score with a film um, is somewhat akin to, I always tell people it's like playing a demented video game. Um, (laughs) I have in front of me my own screen, a monitor, which has a lot of information. It has the film itself. It has a counter with the digital time on it. I have things called streamers and punches, which are visual aids that come across my screen. I have a measure counter in a corner of my screen that also counts the beats per measure. So I'm really, and all that information is in the the printed music as well. So I'm lining all that information up that I see on the score, on the screen, with the live orchestra as it's happening. So it takes an amazing amount of coordination. Um, For Ratatouille, I also have uh, a, a click in my ear. So I have one headphone in, and I'm listening to a click track. So, um, and sometimes the orchestra is too. So it's a lot of information. It's actually extremely challenging. It sounds it's really a, intense. It's a very technical form of conducting. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it fun or just stressful? I find it, a lot of conductors find it stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. I find it a lot of fun uh, because there's just so much going on. And I'm a very type A personality that likes to have control of lots of things. So it, it's just, it makes me quite happy to do these things because it's so challenging and it really is a it just engrosses my brain, so I love it. <laughs> well, we're happy that you're coming to Toronto to lead the TSO through Ratatouille. Thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. Thank you for having me. That was Sarah Hicks. You can catch her leading the TSO this Saturday in a special performance of Disney Pixar's Ratatouille. That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8 p.m. on the new Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO podcast. This February, treat yourself and someone special to a night at the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. For a limited time only, buy one ticket, get one free. For epic masterworks by Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, Schumann, and more, use promo code VALENTINE. Hurry, these shows will sell out. 
Buy one ticket, get one free for a limited time only. Don't delay. Order superb seats today at TSO.ca.